This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Best and brightest. When in a fairly good restaurant and... You have an an older, a, a mature, not elderly, but a a mature waiter or waitress. You know who would seem to know the menu and uh, know their business. If you sit there with the menu and say, "You know how's the uh, how's the fish," and the waiter kind of looks over his or her shoulder to see if any management is nearby and looks at you and closes his eyes and shakes his head dolefully. Just shakes his head from side to side like, don't do it. No, don't do it. You ought not order the fish. Yet today, here we are at the top of the show and you're asking me, Jay, how's the politics today? How's the Trump campaign today? How are the prospects of Hillary Clinton being defeated as we sit here today? In other words, how's the fish? And in radio terms, I want you to know I'm looking at the microphone. I'm closing my eyes and shaking my head, you don't want it. Nevertheless, very toss. I am happy to be here today. I am happy, in the words of the old uh, Jewish vaudeville comedian, Myron Cohen, I'm happy to be anywhere. But I'm particularly happy to be here. Thank you for your implied blessing. I offer mine. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. The number. The complaint line, though it has never been used for that purpose, it remains open at 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. And via Twitter, and I could never have imagined, I remember the day that uh, someone who was a guest on my show several years ago Uh, on another network, said to me, you're not on Twitter? And I said, nah, I don't don't fool around with that stuff. And he said to me, you know, you really ought to. 
And with his help, physical help, because I knew, you know, about now as much as I knew then about anything with computers or having to register or do anything. So with his help, I signed up on the account. I could never have imagined that I would be indebted as I am to Twitter for helping create and enhance the bond between me and my audience that Twitter has. And as you know, and you are a very special group, especially the special, special group with whom I correspond off air. The way that happens, folks, is that you just, like anything else in life, I, I don't mean to, you know, I'm not trying to make myself sound like winning the Powerball. Uh, I, I'm just saying, you know, those people who wish to communicate with me privately have earned it by being very good at, at calling. I don't mean frequent necessarily. They're just very good. They're smart. They And they make great calls. And some have never called. And and make great tweets, which inspire me and I can respond to and help the entertainment quotient of the show. So that's why I say earned it. And again, I don't make it want to sound like I'm extolling the unbelievably valuable virtue of being able to communicate with moi. But that is a special group with whom I do so. And... You know who you are, and I thank you especially, which is appropriate. So, you want the fish, do you? Well, I'll give you the fish, but today I'm going to insist on starting with an Olympic comment. My general feelings about the Olympics so far is one of disappointment. I've expressed this via Twitter. I've expressed it flirtingly and fleetingly on the air. It just seems that we have ruined that too. It just seems to me that the Olympics does not carry the cachet, the romantic excitement, the level, the nature, the magnitude of mystery and excellence of of almost ethereal achievement of these people we've we've either lost it or we're losing it but the olympics are not as revered as they used to be now they are no less special in terms of the unique and breathtaking qualities required to prepare to qualify to compete let alone to win and and one of the things that i uh, parenthetically share with you one of the things that drives me wild is the uh, Estonian girls team in any sport. No, uh, well, yes, but what I really meant to say was what drives me wild is this focus on winning the gold. I hate that they set people up. I hate that they drain the story and the suspense. Have you noticed this? Like already we've been told... There's a young woman on the American Olympic team doing gymnastics, and we're told she's a lock for X gold medals. I don't know how many they're saying, 
But that's it. She's a lock, lock for, a, I'll use the number five. She's a lock for five gold medals. How dare you cheat her and us by saying that? How dare you build expectations and ruin everything? Don't you know how American culture works? And of course you do, you weaselly bastards. That's why you're doing this. You're trying to sell seats. You're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to sell viewers. You're trying to bump ratings. So you say, well, oh, spectacular. Here it is. You want to see see the person who's going to win 84 gold medals. And you set up these expectations. The pressure on them is not helpful. It's not useful to the athletes. And you set up these lofty expectations. And then, God forbid, they don't get one. And I think a lot of us who are here understand better than most people how the media works. It's the same thing in politics. You build people up so that you have, this is like a savings account. Why did the media give so much attention to Donald Trump in the first six months of his campaign? And the answer is because they figured pretty good chance he'll flop. And this is like a savings account. If we build him up, anything bad he does, if he drops a single point, then that gives us a week worth of stories. I don't have to do anything. There's there's a week's worth of story right there. Don't think they don't think that way. I know. I know them. I've worked with them. I've done it. I you know. So you build up so that you could tear down. And I deeply resent that they do it at the Olympics to these exquisite athletes after all their training and sacrifice and their God-given, unimaginable talent levels. And they say, Michael Phelps, going and coming home with at least four gold medals. When he doesn't, they turn around and write, Phelps fails. The, the, The notion that you qualified to qualify for the Olympics. The fact that you were good enough to try to get on the team is amazing. The fact that you got on the team is astounding. The fact that you're on the team is preposterously good fortune and great talent. And then, and then, if the gods of your choice favor you such that you should actually do well, do better than these other gifted athletes, and you get a bronze? Oh, my goodness. That that should be recognized for what it is. But no, no. Here we have the people. They've already been selected. This person's going to get five gold medals. This person's going to get three. This person's going to get four. And may the gods forbid if they fall, quote, unquote, fall short in anything, then the weasels, the jackals, the rapacious jackals of the media will treat them like fools. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. 
okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Best of Brightest, hang with me here. I feel very strongly, very, very strongly about this. And uh, I know you do or I feel I can get you to. And, and that is this thing about the Olympics again. And it, it extends beyond the Olympics, but we'll use the Olympic model for now. I have studied the effect of audiences and of presentations, the effects on audiences of communications, whether on a stage, in a debate, commercials, whether you're with someone or not, you may have no idea what the jagged differences are between the effects that, say, an attack spot, a TV attack spot, has on someone if they're watching alone and then they score it, or if they're watching in a group. Same thing for if they're watching a debate. Same thing for if you're broadcasting a debate. If you're broadcasting the uh, televised audience reaction with cheers and hoots and boos and applause and all these things, the reaction difference is profound. Now, my entire academic life, what consists of it, and my entire professional life consists of studying, knowing, cutting edge on this stuff so that I could do cutting edge what I did. I'm not going to claim cutting edge on radio, though I believe I'm pretty good at this. But all of that braggadocious, obnoxious commentary aside, think about this. Think about the general proposition that we less esteem the Olympics than once we did. Why? Well, because they're not as exciting as all the other things. Well, I'm sorry, they are less exciting than once they were compared to the things we now see on television. Television is now in the business of snatching the best of the best of everything they can find in entertainment, repackaging it and putting it on television. If it doesn't exist, they make it a competition. This silly shite where they like walk across tight ropes, falls into vat of vinegar, uh, you know, uh, have to have to ride a greased pole. It, they they find this stuff and they recreate it. And so the the notion, the spectacle of the human endeavor presented to us is less thrilling than it used to be because now we've seen everything. We, as the audience, are jaded, terribly jaded. We've seen everything. So the degree to which I see my family look forward to the Olympics is greatly diminished. And myself, even though I'm in the top percentile of the people who worship it, honor it, I can see that it means a lot less to me for reasons I can't control. It just doesn't excite me like it did 30, 40 years ago. 
Now, part of that is getting older and becoming jaded, sure. But part of it is this awful, awful stuff that the media does when they name the athlete, drill their names into your heads for a month, and say, she's going to win five gold medals. He's going to win seven gold medals. And then all of a sudden, they don't. That you're going to see during and after these Olympics, somebody wins a gold medal, but not five, and they're going to say, disappointment. Disappointment racks U.S. team. Didn't finish first among gold. Of course you want to finish first. Of course we expect, in a sense, that we'll be tops because we're Americans. So we cheer for that. We root for that. And in a sense, we expect it. But we can never expect it like anything less is failure. That's for the athletes to feel. I think it is awful what we do to these athletes, telling them in advance, telling us in advance, here's here's what you're going to do. And anything less would be a disappointment. Jeez, that sucks. That's horrible. And it is my answer to the question, do we esteem the Olympics less than once we did? And why, if so, why is that? Here is why. Not all the reasons why, but that is one reason why. Because TV producers have prepackaged not just the event, they prepackaged the freaking results. And if they don't come out just as they say, now they have a new story. Failure, failure, scandal, failure. It's so unfair to these gifted athletes. It's so unfair to us as an audience. Plus, you add to it, Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time, 23 medals overall, 20 of them gold, I believe. I'm within one on those counts. He said the other day on BBC, I have... I I believe I have never competed, ever, in any competition where there was an even playing field. And they were talking about blood doping. I don't know enough about blood doping to talk about it per se. But we all know that it pretty much inarguably offers an advantage to those who do it and, ipso facto, a disadvantage to those who don't. Well, it's been outlawed. But like most things, especially of this esoteric nature, it's virtually impossible to enforce. And thus you have what we have with the Russian team, which was the KGB drilling holes in the walls at the blood doping center and the KGB going in there at night and exchanging their own clean, like baby urine, infant urine for the urine of their athletes through drilled holes in the wall. This is a true story. They got caught. They got filmed. They have people admitting it under oath. They know it happened. It's been proven beyond the shadow of a doubt. And the Russian Olympic athletes were suspended. And then at the last minute, uh, they were almost all of them readmitted. What does that do to the morale of viewers? What does it do to the morale of athletes? What does it do to the games themselves? How much more a hero does it make an Olympian like Michael Phelps who says, you know what, I'm going to go out there and swim with my own blood. And if all these other peoples are, are Count Dracula, if these other people are Bella Pelosi.
She wants to suck. She does. You know, how much a bigger hero does that make the people who don't cheat and go out and do this? But why do we less esteem the Olympics than once we did? Here is another reason. We are treating it like just another network television show. We are treating it like America's Got Talent. And at the end, we're going to have somebody say, you were good, you weren't so good, and the audience will applause. And that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. These are my partners, only I haven't any on the phone right now, which, uh, you know, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. I always enjoy speaking with you. It's the best part of the show. But if you're, if I haven't blown your skirt up sufficiently to call, a one 888 you know I have never pretended that we have callers when we don't or more than we do or pretended about anything else. So it's okay. Some days I know what I'm saying is inherently uh, inherently carries a built-in that will provoke calls. Some days it doesn't. This so far is one of those other days. That's okay. Let me continue. Did the American fencer, right? Did the American fencing team member who wore a burkini, who wore a hijab, did she lose? Can someone tell me? B, do you happen to know? I'm not sure. I can look it up. Okay, it's all right. No, don't bother. Someone, someone will tell us in a second. I just wonder if the American with the hijab uh, competed and whether she's uh, lost and maybe she, maybe it's a preliminary. I don't know. I don't know her status. I didn't see it. I just want you to know that my honest <clears throat> my honest reaction is here that when I turn on the television and I was spared this because I didn't see it. I presume it was broadcast, but if in theory I turn on my television. And I see athletes prepared to compete. In this case, it being fencers, there would be several because you need a guy to hold the sticks, you know, the fence posts. You need a guy to hold the nails. You need a guy to hold the different kinds of hammers. You need a guy with a saw. So I don't know how how many guys are on the fencing team. But on the other kind of fencing team, with the swords, I guess there are two, uh, uh, one against the other. And I must tell you, if presented with the picture of here are the two competitors for this fencing match, uh, here is the uh, French uh, competitor, and there's an American tonight competing. And I say, oh, good, I'll have someone to root for. And they show me the American 
and the American is wearing a hijab, I'm rooting for the Frenchman. The Frenchman. No, not just someone else. The Frenchman. Because the hijab, to me, is not what the left and the spokesman of the world's only known current religion that organizes, accepts, tolerates, blesses, promotes, funds, salutes, praises, lionizes, mass murder. There is only one such recognized, organized religion that I know of on the planet Earth right now. And as a special bonus, it also happens to be um, um, on its exciting agenda, which a, p- a portion of which I've just mentioned, it also uh, stones to death uh, rapes, which is interesting. Uh, rapes, I'm talking about men. Men rape other men, then kill them in the name of God. So so we have the only organized, it, it, help me, help me, help me, correct me if I'm wrong, educate me. But the only organized religion I, of which I'm aware that praises, encourages, funds, practices, uh, encourages, welcomes, blesses, you're of the highest order if you murder innocent people and encourages you to do so is Shariists. I'm going to cut it out with the Muslim, Islam, Muslims, Islamists. It doesn't matter. What matters is, are you, and I, I ran this editorial, I wrote and read, performed this editorial for you uh, about two months ago. And to me, it comes down to, are you a Shariist? Any Muslims that want, if, if, if the United States has 100 million Muslims here in 100 years, and none of them is a Shariist, then I might not regard that as ideal, but I really wouldn't have any basis of complaint. Because if they are peaceful, and if it turns out, if you ask me the same question, suppose 100 million Americans 100 years from now are Korean, presumably South Korean, uh, well, would you have a complaint? If they were Swedes, would you have a complaint? My answer is always the same. Any discernible group that is here to embrace and honor and live the Constitution of the United States of America, are Americans. And we don't want people who are here just to be in America. We want people who come here to become Americans. We are not a tossed salad. We are not a mosaic. We are, used to be, a melting pot. And I tell you here and now, if we do not get back to being a melting pot, then we are going to melt.
That's going to be the end. And everyone, how ridiculous, Jay. There's this nut on the radio who says America will end. In a former life, when I just left a party uh, thrown by uh, one of my Roman friends, and I would go to the microphone, they called me a nut in my former life for saying, we, we have to be careful. I've just from, come from my buddy Caligula's place, and I'm telling you, things are getting out of control. And it's not inconceivable to me, fellow Romans, that Rome could fall. And in my former life, that's when they threw rotten fruit and vegetables and rocks at me. Because the very notion that Rome could ever fall, that Rome could ever fall, was regarded as so ludicrous as to be clearly the product of insanity, uh, disloyalty, criminality, and uh, just a, you know, plain old nut. Well, tomorrow is guaranteed nobody whether you are a human being or whether you are a country. Tomorrow, next year, next decade, when I hear these economic projections, well, in the year 2025, in the year 2040, you know what? I find that marginally encouraging insofar as it projects an America and Americans recognizable as such that exist that long. But at our current rate, and given the current nature of our degradation, our deterioration, and it could be seen in a thousand places, a thousand ways, on a thousand successive days. Look at what the Olympics have become. Look at that event of spectacular purity and achievement and excellence. Look what it's becoming. Look what it's become. How would you like to take the single fact that we knew four years in advance the water on, in, and under which 1,400 Olympians would compete can kill you? How about that four years ago, and we knew it 40 years ago, but let's, let's be liberal. Four years ago, eight years ago, I'd like to date it from the moment that Rio was awarded, quote unquote, the Games. From that date onward, because that date, they were warned, here are the things you must do. You must do this or we won't have the games. Rio knew what most people of criminal mind know. They knew that, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And by the time we don't do it, it will be too late for you to do anything. What are you going to do? Test us. You're going to test the water until when or how soon? And then you're going to tell us, hey, you haven't done anything here. You better clean this up. Oh, yeah, yeah, we will. We will. And then what's going to happen when it comes down to a year to go? You got to do this or we're going to move it. Sure you are. Sure you are. With nine months to go, you're going to move the Olympics to uh, Poughkeepsie. Right? So they knew this. They knew they weren't going to do any of this. So as a microcosm of this, they, they knew that they would have Olympic athletes performing in 
on and under water that is, by their own admission, 1.7 million times more dangerous than anything permitted in our country that people could go into to swim or boat or recreate. 1.7 million times filthier than any water ever measured, full of chemicals and skulls and dead cats and dead humans. Finally, it was reported, thank you, on Sunday that dead humans had started to wash up in the Olympic Village. Eyeballs, hands, you, you, Guru J now predicts medical futures as well as political futures. You breathe that water, you've got hep C. Stock up on your medication now. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Funny things happen over the years of a radio show, and one makes friends, and I've been blessed to make friends here, and uh, Rocky is my oldest and closest friend uh, in my radio family, and I have I have just knighted Rocky, I want you to know. So he is, though I'm sure he'll be the first to tell you, you ought not feel constrained to address him formally as... Uh, Malad, or as Sir Rocky, he is now officially uh, uh, OJE, uh, Order of the J Empire, and he is uh, he is Sir Rocky, and I have accordingly designated him uh, with a particularly crucial task uh, that I communicated to him off air, but moments ago. The nature of that is not to be discussed, but I uh, on air. But our congratulations to Sir Rocky would be appropriate for you to express. Thank you very much. Uh, he thanks you very much. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. And look who we have, Sir Rocky Malad. The floor Thank is yours. You, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Malad. Malad. I, I, I serve you, my king. <laughs> Malad. Glad to, lay, glad to lay down my uh, life for the crown. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cheap crown you're dealing with here. Be careful. Yeah. I can feel it, though. I can feel the love. <laughs> Heavy wears the crown, yes? Heavy lay the hey. crown. Yes. Hey, I uh, I did a uh, search. I'm usually pretty good with Google, and I I did uh, burkini winner. Win, excuse me, <laughs> burkini winner Olympics, and uh, it comes up nothing. So I'm thinking that uh, that didn't happen. And uh, someone and wrote to us and said uh, recently, and I just uh, responded that the uh, the uh, burka, no hajib. Hajib wearer, uh, who I take it was an American on paper, uh, was defeated 
in the competition. And uh, I have, I have no, uh, I'm not uh, mourning that. I refuse, Rocky. This, 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 this hajib, any of these things are the symbol of the world's only known uh, mafia that, that calls itself, they're, they're Shariists. They call themselves a religion. They stand for mass murder. They kill uh, gay people. They, they kill and stone and oppress women, the children, the weak. They, they want to kill everybody who isn't them. Uh, or to quote that great movie, I can't remember the title, the one that they, North Korea, they say stop from being run. They hate us because they ain't us, which was just one of the yeah. great movie lines of all time. How do you spell anus? They hate us because they ain't us. No, that's not a saying. Yeah, it is. All right, look, B is, B is killing me here. Doing her job, uh, telling me that I have, what do I have, B? That I have eight seconds. So, Rocky, please hold if you're able. Uh, Toby, you too. We will come back. I promise. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, so you want the fish or, or, or do you want what? I'm going to look around here as a waiter here for years. Do you want the fish special or do you want, want what I think we do well? Well, we're having a little of each so far. I welcome you back, Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest. You just never know. That's our, you know, like you can have that on a piece of uh, bum wad, uh, also known as toilet paper. Like, you know, the word of word of the day or something on a calendar. Today's is you just never know. All right, look, I wanted to mention the hajib thing, the Olympics. I've done that. And I think I've made my point. And that is any... Anything. It could be a little pin, almost too small to discern. A little tiny, little tiny pin on your jersey, your singlet, whatever it is, whatever your uni is. Anything on your uniform or a tattoo on your body or anything that seeks to communicate a message which is profoundly inherently anti-Olympian is disgusting to me. Would you like an example? How about the 1936 Olympic Games in Germany? How about the slights, the bigotry, 
the racism to which the greatest athlete in those Olympiad, in that Olympiad, and one of the greatest of all time, the African-American athlete Jesse Owens, was subjected. Hitler was in the VIP box. Swastikas on display everywhere in the stadium. The stated aim of the host, the outwardly stated aim of the host country, Germany, was to prove the inferiority of races at the superiority of others. Guess which was which. Jesse Owens was begged not to compete, not to honor, dignify, verify, validate Hitler and the German Olympics with his presence. But Jesse Owens knew something that so many people did not know. And he knew that the message sent by his competition alone would be the most powerful possible editorial reply, if you will. But he didn't merely compete. He dominated. Jesse Owens embarrassed Adolf Hitler. Jesse Owens mortified Adolf Hitler before the world because a black man, a black American, showed up in Germany and did what he did, which, for openers, was showing up. In the name and sake of Jesse Owens, don't tell me that I need to root, I need to cheer for an American competitor who wears a symbol of any kind, a pin, a a tattoo. What? Suppose a member of our fencing team instead had a visible tattoo on her arm of a swastika. Would you expect me to, just personally, because I get to do whatever I want, like you. Those days are waning, my friends, but we still live amongst the days when we can do what we want. At least uh, insofar as a few things are concerned. And if a fencing team member of the USA had a great big swastika, what I say is, Anybody who wants to root for her, root for her. But anybody who doesn't, don't. And that's your choice. You needn't be compelled by the Olympian's status as an American to root for her by virtue of that fact alone. If you know strongly suspect or discover something about an Olympian that you find so distasteful that you cannot honestly support that athlete, don't. 
It's a personal decision. Well, my personal decision is someone wearing a hajib says to me, I am a woman willing or forced to wear an article of clothing emblematic of the suppression of women, the oppression of women, the beating and torture of women, the treatment of women as non-citizens, the disability of women to go outside the house uncovered, to go to school, to be full citizens, to be full humans in civic life, and also a symbol of something that if they find out you are different in some way, i.e. gay, they beat you to death. They throw you off a building. They stone you. They kill you. That's what that hajib represents to me. Now, I may be right. I may be wrong. I don't know if there are hard rights and wrongs when you get into this territory. But I'll tell you what there is. There is still hard personal freedom, mine and yours. And I ain't rooting for nobody with, in this case, a burkini on. I don't care uh, of what country they are on paper, a citizen. Nobody who wears a symbol of the oppression of fellow human beings, the mass murder of fellow human beings, no one who encourages the equivalent practices of former inhumane political groups that kill people and celebrate it. I don't have to celebrate anybody like that. I don't have to embrace anybody like that, even if they get off the USA team bus. Because in my opinion, they ought not be allowed on the USA team bus if they are practitioners of, uh, of, of any belief which would murder their teammates. And that's exactly what it is. Anybody wearing a hajib or a burkini is a shariist, right? And if they're a sharia, if they're a shariist, then what would be their biggest accomplishment at the Olympics? A gold? No. It would be tipping their sword toward a Jew and piercing their heart. It would be after your latest bout or heat or whatever it's called, hunting down Michael Phelps in the Olympic Village and beheading him with your saber, with your rapier, because Michael Phelps is gay. Anybody wearing anything that is the equivalent of a sign, of a billboard, of a neon sign that says, I subscribe to a belief, religious or otherwise, I don't care, I don't know, I don't care. Anybody who shows up wearing a neon sign saying, I am the practitioner and representative of a belief system 
that wants to murder people different than me, don't tell me I have to vote for them, i.e. cheer for them, no matter what flag is on that symbol. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. And here are my partners, which I shamefully neglected because I got carried away. Rocky, welcome back. Hey, actually, that's, you, you uh, covered exactly one of the things that I was going to cover. I mean, almost precisely as I would have covered it, too. Your, Thank you, Milad. Your, your thoughts are so similar. I wrote down four things, and that was one of them. And it seems that today um, your different topics almost tie together. You mentioned about Islamists and Hillary, and then uh, you about the Islamics, um, basically with the Burkini thing. And um, I was looking at the other day we were talking about TV and overstimulation and our short attention spans. You know, if you take, like, the rapes and stuff that keep occurring and the things that come out of the Islamists and uh, the burqas that they try to hide their women in, they're coming from exactly the opposite kind of a place that we're at. We see all this sex and murder and stuff on TV, and we get desensitized to it, and they seem to not be able to control themselves and think that a woman is the one that's at fault that she's out in something that's somewhat revealing. Even a burkini, they think, is too revealing. Well, I think one of the points here worth underscoring is if we want to focus at all or tie in at all to the Olympics, what, what, as, as I think almost all of us have a universal understanding, and I think one of the few things we do about which we do have kind of a universal sense, is the Olympics. You know, not, I don't mean just we Americans. I mean, we humans kind of have a universal sense of the Olympics and what that, that means, what the Olympic spirit is in general. Uh, you know, I think everyone, you could pluck people from 100 different nations and translate the answers, Rock, and I think the answers would come out pretty much the same as to what is the Olympic, you know, what are the es- essences of the Olympic spirit? And the thing we're talking about here is a symbol uh, which is absolutely antithetical to those essences. It's it's kind of saddening, though. Um, I think that that whole idea, you know, you and I were raised in a time when, you know, uh, I think that the, the competition of the Olympics really was, you know, country against country, setting aside your differences and kind of, you know, like you were talking about the, the in the, World War II, the guys set down their arms and celebrated for one day on Christmas Day. Uh, that's what the Olympics used to be. But now, like you say, you know, here we have this lady in a burkini that's representing our country. And I don't consider that representing my country. I consider that to be a slap in the face. I feel like uh, 
I agree. That, uh, I'm offended. I'm offended at the notion that an American athlete feels he or she is representing me or my nation exactly. by wearing a, a symbol. Again, whatever it is, I'm not saying just the hijab. It could be any number of things. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm offended. I did real poorly in trying to tie everything together, but I'll slow myself down here. Um, you mentioned Islamists and, and Killary. You know, have you ever thought of the fact that here we are, they send this lady out in a burkini. Um, she's lucky to participate at all because, a lot, you know, most of them actually think the burkini is too revealing. And here we are, we're going to possibly send Hillary to deal with these Islamic countries that don't even consider women to be capable of making any choices. I mean, right. they're not, not human. They're not full human beings, women. Right. So it, it's not that we subscribe to what they believe, but how do we send forward? You know, it would be like taking our taking our somebody they did like and dressing him in a bacon suit and say, OK, here, go, <laughs> go try and go try and deal with these guys over here while you're no, that's, well, well, put well, alive. no, say, you take John not, Bolton. Take John Bolton and have him sit down and express a diplomatic ultimatum to the Saudis. Okay? And then let's replay that. Take two. You have a woman come in there and give the same, within diplomatic boundaries, ultimatum to the Saudis. They're sitting there the entire time steaming, as I've heard it from people like John Bolton. You know, what we don't recognize, what we don't even think of is that forget the message, forget the bargaining position we're in. They're sitting there steaming, not listening to our bargaining position. They are thinking, how dare the Americans insult us by forcing us to sit down with a woman to discuss yes. national affairs? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. And like I said, it doesn't mean that we subscribe to it. But and it doesn't mean we respect them for their beliefs. But it means that means we live in a wider deal, world. If, yes, if you're going to deal with the enemy, I mean, all these things that we do back here to be politically correct are just stupid. I mean, uh, take the clock kid right now. <clears throat> that clock kid is trying to sue the city. Okay, I know I'm bouncing around, but if you go with me here, the clock kid's trying to sue the city, and Obama has supported him every step of the way, and they've given this kid. He, he did wrong. He was told he did wrong. His teachers told him not to do it. And I'm telling you, Jay, I, I have an electronics background. With $2 and about uh, 20 minutes, I could turn that timer into a device that could be able to set off a bomb. I'm not claiming I'm right. going to do that. I'm just saying it, it. that looked like a timer for a bomb because it was very close. Sure. Sure. And it was Houston. Bus. Was it Houston? I believe it was Houston. Uh, I, I th it was in Texas. I think it might have even been. What's the town that Glenn and them are in? Uh, Dallas? I don't know. I mean, wh wherever yeah, it was, yeah, wherever it was, Dallas. the kid essentially built what any teacher, any one of us who lack your technical background, would look at and say, this kid's very smart. Uh, great. Right. That granted, he created a bomb. And he brought it to school, and he scared the shite out of everybody, and he did it in knowing violation of all these bodies of rules. And now 
he's going to sue the school system for enforcing a rule that says no bomb making in school. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. It's a mockery of what is right and wrong. If you see something, say something. And that teacher and other teachers told him, don't be carrying this around anymore. And he still disobeyed. And it, he got rewarded and got to go to see Obama and he got, yeah. like, you know, money. Anyways, off of that. Milad, we have 40 seconds left. It's yours. I want to make sure before I must cut us off, you have anything quickly that you wish to say in closing. Uh, just that uh, I see the Burkini thing as being wrong, and I see that, you know, sending Hillary out there to try and deal with the, with the Arabs and, and uh, Sharia-type people is all wrong. So thank you, my friend. Well, Rocky... Thank you. Thank you for this and for everything else that you do for us and this show, which may or may not ever be known. But Malad, we uh, your grace, uh, uh, Rocky, having been knighted today, we welcome his presence even more and await his next palatial visit. J7 on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest uh, partners, I-, I want to be very clear about something. Michael Phelps is B. Michael Phelps is the swimmer, right? I want to make sure here that I'm not going like blind on everyone here. Mike- Michael Phelps is the swimmer. Okay. The most honored Olympian of all time. Uh, my recollection, my firm recollection is that he admitted many years ago to being gay and that it has been widely reported by virtually all news media in and out of sport around the world that he is gay. Now I've gotten some blowback here from uh, uh, best and brightest who say, no, no, he's not gay. You know what? The important thing, I think, is to establish, I don't care, and I, I, I don't believe you do, but I want to make sure that I'm not in error. I mean, I have I have believed this. My family's discussed it we, in, in supporting him. You know, we, we, we've, his bravery, his courage and all this, but we, we have believed, I, I, every, everyone I know believes this to be true, I mean, I've you know I had conversations with, well, depends on how you want to look at it, millions or a lot of people uh, that Michael Phelps uh, is gay. And, you know, the basic answer is, so what? Right. So what? But I want to get it right. Uh, and and so uh, educate me if I'm wrong. Uh, Toby from Ohio. Hi, Jay. Toby. Hey, Toby. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Good. Okay. I, no, I'm just, I'm going to say, I think I know why 
most of this is bothering you so much because it bothers me for the same reason. I don't know if you hit it right yet, but it, because I think the Olympics, what that is, it's it's the best of us being the best of us, being the best of themselves. Yep. yep. And 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 we're, these people are supposedly we're as Americans, we're proud of our Olympians. We're proud of America. The media is in, in between a catch-22, okay? Yes, they love the Olympics. Yes, they love all this sport. Yes, they love the, the all the nations coming together. But at the same time, they have to be neutral because they hate America. They hate the freedoms. They hate, they, well, they, they hate the fact that we are, our, that we are the best. That we could be the best. They want us. To Let be me see. Less. Let me see that bet. Let me see that bet. Okay. I won't try to Go raise ahead. it. Let me nope, see nope. that bet by saying, I think you're right that the individuals mm-hmm. reporting this as an industry don't like America and all that. But in seeing the bet, let me say, I would observe the following. I think that they, meaning the networks at all, I think they detect something which is unmistakable to them, and that is the sentiment you've just articulated is held, they believe, probably correctly, by the lion's share of the core demographic group the advertisers are after. And let's not forget, let's not ever forget, the Olympics are on television not because they're the Olympics, The Olympics are on television because they reach an audience and the audience they reach is women and men with jobs between the ages of 18 and 50. And look at the commercials. If you ever want to know what any television show, any television show, your local news, a game show, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, SRU, HD, SDS, Los Angeles, uh, whatever it is. Look at any television show. Look at the commercials. The commercials tell you who watches that show. And if you look at the Olympics, who watches the Olympics? People who buy beer, people who buy cars. I think I think you're you're definitely right, but I think that uh, I think it's beyond. It's an almost an international market. They they push to as well. I mean, uh, the international idea. So they they want it to be Americanized, but not too much. I mean, it's well, I very agree. much about no, Rio. I agree. I agree. I agree. But but I I, I just I I I hate to, to to reach too far back, but if you recall in around the. Uh, 2010, I think, Obama was pushing real hard to have this Olympics in Chicago. I don't can know if that's the direction you want to imagine? take the conversation. Can you imagine? The rate, the, I think the crime rate is similar. <laughs> well, they would have to add, to start the conversation. as a courtesy, Toby, they would have yes. to add to the home host country, the home <laughs> host city, a new event, which would be... <laughs> Uh, urban, cheap handgun slaying. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think that I think that the the I just I find it I I find it all encapsulating and fascinating that that the story at all should be talking about because no matter in my opinion I gotta I gotta frame that but in my opinion the hijab 
hardware gets a job, no matter what you think about the religion, because I have, you know, friends that are Muslims, but they are, they are, they are Shiites, not Sunnis. And Shiites, I've always described them a bit, I, I don't want to describe them at all because I'll probably offend somebody, but, but they're more let live and let live. They're more live and let live. Uh, Toby, you're losing yes, me. Sir. Uh, I not understand. technically. Uh, because I, when we get into Sunni, Shiite, yes, it's sir. our site to me. There, yeah. there you go. I, I just think that the, 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 the oppressive nature of the religion, in my opinion, not the shows, not you. I don't know. Is that where we're going? Is that? I mean, to, is Toby, kind of, the beauty of this show is we're going wherever you take us. I, I just, I, I think that it, I mean, no matter what, no matter some people, some women believe that the, the hijab is a way of protecting their, their femininity, protecting their, their, their virginity, or protecting them in general. But the fact that they need protection from grown people who we need to expect to act like grown men and women and to not do the things that Muslims seem to do without question. I mean, you see a woman walking around, here in this country, we hear about it. It happens very rarely compared to France because Muslims make up only 1% of the American population. They make well, up 10%. Toby, look, I, I must go. I appreciate the call. Go, go, I go. just feel we're getting into, uh, thank you for the call. I feel we're getting into the what the golfers call the tall and uncut. I, I feel that we've just hit a tee shot here which is a terrible slice, and we're off into uh, way off the fairway, and uh, we're probably going to have to drop another ball here. I don't know if we can even find this ball, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate your hitting it. Um, Last night, Ivanka introduced her father at an event, and she gave an interview, and someone brought up, I'm surprised it, it did happen earlier, actually, but no one picked it up. It's been brought up again. Ivanka Trump, who is, you ready? Who is exactly as beautiful as she is conservative. I'll repeat it because though I'm in the habit of constructing mellifluous English sentences, this one deserves a special recognition. Ivanka Trump is exactly as beautiful as she is conservative. Ivanka Trump, it came up last night, is a registered Democrat in New York that I think joined her siblings in uh, rushing to re-register as an independent. But in fact, in point of practice and fact, Ivanka Trump, since she was able to have access to any money at all, Ivanka Trump, all her young life, has given money to Hillary Clinton. She has been involved with uh, Democrat crusades. She is deeply involved, as she mentioned in introducing her father yesterday in Detroit, in a renewed call for Republican commitment to paid family leave. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Let's throw in recognition of Reverend Wright, ISIS, 
and an endorsement of Bernie Sanders. I mean, after all, why should we be any different than the Democrats? I mean, this is not principally what's creating problems for Donald Trump. But the fact, as these things start to become uh, more exposed, and they will, the fact is his family is a family of Democrats. And I'm acquainted with the defense. If you do what Donald Trump does for a living and you live in New York, I mean, heck, if you do what Donald Trump does and you live in any major city, you give to Democrat politicians because if you don't, you don't get permitted to build a wall. You can't improve a kitchen. You can't add a sink to a bathroom in New York City without greasing the palms of 25 different union uh, criminals. I'm sorry for the redundancy. So if anybody digs deep, and right now there's hardly any incentive for them to, they will find the Trump family uh, have spoken, voted, donated with their feet, meaning with their bank accounts. But that's not what's going to kill Donald Trump. Uh Why do I think something's going to kill Donald Trump? Well, we'll speak more about this tomorrow, but as you may have noticed, I have assiduously stayed away from something for the first time in this campaign. I'm glad that I have the Olympics as a launching point to be able to talk about it because it's a very substantive subject, a fascinating one, I think, and it means a lot. And a lot of things related to it mean a lot, mean a lot, I think. I hope you agree. But I know a lot of us want the fish, the special. And I admit I have shied away from it. Because there are 90 days to go. 90. And yes, I said 9T. Because my private school teachers beat the D out of me early on. Anyone who arrived at school saying 9D soon had the D thrashed out of them, so they were saying 90, so they were pronouncing English properly. 90 days left in this campaign, and the dump Trump movement is alive and sick. It's alive and sick. Nate Silver Late of the New York Times, now the young prognosticator of record. As of today, charts the likelihood of a Clinton presidency at 87, 87%. And one of the reasons for that is what you heard last night. Susan Collins of Maine, okay, queen of the rhinos. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's okay. That helps us. It doesn't hurt us. I get the argument, but I think they don't get the reality. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Partners, let me tell you uh, what I just tweeted. And I just tweeted, it is increasingly, it grows increasingly apparent. I may owe Michael Phelps an apology. It has been my recollection, longstanding recollection, that there have been longstanding reports that Michael Phelps' sexual sexuality uh, was uh, of a question. And I keep hearing now from you who tell me it's not. And if it's not, and even if it is, I mean, because I've never ever used it as a uh, mocking tool or anything like that. I would have mentioned it as an aside because my feeling like yours is so what? Okay, but if I have incorrectly uh, insinuated that there is a question about Michael Phelps' uh, sexual presentation or whatever the heck I'm supposed to call it and be polite, then I do fully, fully apologize. Fully, completely, without reservation, apologize. Uh, and someone might say, well, don't go overboard because what's, what's, you know, it's not, not like there's anything wrong with that. Well, the law would agree with you, but we don't just deal here with the law. We try to deal with each other as human beings. So your homework assignment for tomorrow is the answer to the following question. If Senator Susan Collins of Maine has joined, as she has, a string of now about 50 prominent Republicans who have stood up and said, I will not vote for Donald Trump. I don't believe he's fit for office. Will that really serve him because it will establish his anti-rhino, anti-credential establishments? Or what you're seeing is them killing him off now. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.